It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up, my friends? Hi. Hi. What is up? Welcome in. Episode number 2,330 of Jobbing Out. 2,330 of Jobbing Out. Who wants first crack? Not everybody at once. I know. This one's stumping me a bit. 2,330. Hmm? I don't know. Brandon? Is it the number of days something? It is a number of days. That part is accurate. It's a number of days. Was it the number of days since Triple H had been in a Raw ring? No, no, but you're you're sniffing in the reg in the in the general area. The number of days. The so number of days. So it's about six years. I was going to say since Sting last won a match. No. It's the it's the other thing that happened this week. Oh, since Adam Pierce was last the in a match. The number of days since uh-huh. Adam Pierce was last in a match. Uh, August twenty third, two thousand fourteen. Adam Pierce was defeated by. Colt Cabana. No, not Colt Cabana. This was at Death Before Dishonor Night 2. He was defeated by a a massive star currently in AEW. Kenny Omega? No. Adam Hangman Page. Ah, that was going to be my other guess. Adam Hangman Page. That, makes sense. that was that. All right. Uh, jabbing out Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton. Packed show this week. Um, we welcome the most important world champion there is because he is Baltimore's own world champion, Rich Swan from Impact Wrestling, of course, the pride of Charm City. And um, uh, Hard to Kill is Saturday night. It's him and the Motor City Machine Guns against some fellow you might have heard of named Kenny Omega. And this is awkward for me because we know Rich Swan is a close personal friend, but on the other side, two of our close personal friends, the Good Brothers, so... Fight forever? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm in favor of fight forever. I think that's how we handled this particular situation. We'll talk to Rich about that later on. Also, uh, Brett Lauderdale from GCW. What is this crazy thing they're doing, Aaron? So they're doing a uh, 24 uh, hour show, uh, all for charity. So, and like, when does it start? Okay, good. That's di- dynamite. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Dynam- are you, you booked this guest, Glenn. You, I know, right? Like, Aaron booked the guest. And then I said, hey, Aaron, what's Brett Lauderdale's title? And he said, uh, I don't know. I said, well, when does all this uh, 24-hour show start? And he said, uh, nothing, actually. He disappeared. Are you still there? I'm still here. I was looking up the exact date. I couldn't remember you don't if it was know. on the, sa- the, sa- the Friday or the Saturday. I, I, so, uh, I knew what was going on with Rich. The, the guest I booked, I knew all the details. I knew all of them. What about you, huh? 
I was going to look it up. Yeah, oh, you're going to look it up in the middle of the show. Appreciate that. Right. Brett, Brett Lauderdale from GCW will join us later on in the program as well. Talk about that event. All right. Um, uh, a lot to discuss, obviously, from this week. I'm going to start with the Adam Pierce thing. And the reason I'm going to choose to start there is because uh, I need to be fair. And it follows up on a conversation that we had last week about AEW, in which we talked about how a significant percentage of AEW's championship match main events this year were between... It just didn't tell a story, didn't tell a credible story of who the opponent could be and how they could win and what a problem that was. And I referenced it was the same as 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 great as their championship match was last Wednesday night. It was almost kind of irrelevant because there was never a chance that the championship was changing hands. And I said the same thing was true, obviously. Um, we talked about Brody Lee, um, uh, RIP, but that's just the reality. They didn't tell a story. They didn't make Brody Lee a credible threat to win the title. And the same thing was true um, uh, with Eddie Kingston, right? Like, they, they just like those guys all you want and whatever you want to say, but they didn't tell credible stories as to why those people were threats to win titles and how much of a problem that was. And then WWE said, we got to get ourselves a piece of that. We got to get in on that action. Non-credible championship match contenders, give me one of those not okay it's not okay when AEW does it it's not okay when WWE does it and obviously this is far worse than even some of the ones that AEW did um it's not okay and I I know that there are there are things that people will say right like what happened on Friday night certainly further drove home just how dastardly and evil Roman Reigns and Jey Uso are right like it goes a long way and and in telling that side of the story and yes, I know that someone's going to say, "Hey, look, you know, do you really think it's going to end up being Adam Pierce?" And it I'm going to say that almost certainly won't. But even in the process, it's difficult to stomach. See, I have no problem with this at all. Even if, even if it's the that's the one-on-one match, no, I still don't have a problem with it. And it's because not okay. this is done in the path of telling a story. This isn't trying to pretend that this is that, right? Like the way that they did this is showing you that he's not like they're not trying to pretend that he's a credible uh th- that's where that's where the difference lies between this and what AEW did is like they're trying to pretend like these guys are credible title contenders. They're trying to make you think that Brody Lee that you should really believe that he can win the t- like I don't want to pick on him for obvious reasons but all of the matches we talked about I think they were presented as normal programs so that's where I would differ with this where this is obviously a storyline point and I know we've talked about this in the past that some people don't like them treating world title matches as purely a storyline uh point or what's the word I want to use like a a beat a storyline beat I'm fine with it. And the reason I'm fine with it is because if what we end up with is a better story told through whatever this ends up being than him just beating, you know, um, Rey Mysterio in a meaningless match. I mean, how how can you argue that that's better? And here's I'm, I'm kind of in between you guys, because here's the truth. That first Jey Uso match that we loved so much 
there was no chance in hell Jey Uso was walking out with the title. There was a 0.0% chance of it. It was, we all said it beforehand, it was going to be done to show how ruthless Roman Reigns was, and that was the only purpose of the match. Now, we ended up getting the second match, which we still didn't think Jey Uso was win, but it was yeah, a little but bit there's more a difference credible between, by the second time. Uh, and, but that first match was a completely well, hang on, in, in your terms. But let me go back to what we said, Aaron. There's a big difference between 0 and 10, right? But, like, but I'm saying in that first match, it was 0. Oh, in the first match, it I agree. It was zero. zero. Of course it was zero yes. in the first match, 100%. And I didn't like that. Now, as it turns out, we've gotten something wonderful out of it, which you know, the, the flip side can't be said about some of the same things that we were talking about in AEW. Um, but I, I am... I, I think what I have to say here is what I've said previously, and they have yet to throw my words in my back at me, which is that I trust them with this storyline right now. And I don't know if I've felt that way about anything in a while, but I trust whatever they're doing because everything they've done with Roman has been gold. I, famous and, last words. Though. Yeah. I trust I mean, WWE right. famous last words. Right. I, I understand. Uh, but, but the evidence is there right now. Brandon, I understand what you're saying. I, I think what I would say here. I, first of all, I don't think it's going to be Adam Pearce. And I guess the word is that it's still most likely to be Kevin Owens. and I, I think it's a triple threat match. With? With Adam Pearce and Kevin Owens. Yeah, then I don't like that either. There's, there's, this why is, would it be? Why? Why what? Why is it a triple threat? Because, I mean, they haven't done the... Obviously, there's still more work to do with Kevin Owens. You didn't do that. So clearly, he's doing it. You're not having him win the Rumble because you can't... The situation you put yourself in, you can't have... Kevin Owens win the Rumble and wait three months before getting his title shot because you've made this such a heated feud. Kevin Owens has to come back in a instant impact way. And in my view, I mean, I guess you could keep him out for a month and do this in February or whatever. That feels weird for a, a spot that so, didn't seem so, like hang a on, month. Hang, so hang I think on. Kevin Owens comes back. Hang on. Let, let's... Uh, yes, I agree with you. But here's here, And here's, here's where I'm the people that can see me, which is Glenn. Yeah. This is how I'm a little concerned about one thing. And like my gut reaction. And, and by the way, the way we started in on all this kind of took me off guard. Cause I didn't expect Glenn to think this about this, but, um, but I see his point. Um, there is a sliver of concern that Kevin Owens makes Pierce win. And I don't want no. Oh, no, I, I don't have any thought on that. What's yeah, that, that's not going to happen. I, 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 I want to come back to two inherent issues, and I'm going to separate the two. Just close the book on the first thing I threw out. The problem with Adam Pierce is it's. I'll go back to this. It's never okay to me to have at a major event a championship match that isn't credible. I'll never be okay with that under any circumstances. It doesn't mean that they haven't proven to be useful in some way. And 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 Aaron brings up the Jey Uso thing that certainly ultimately down the road proved to be useful, but. If you you have so few of these events, and there are so many so few times during the year that something's supposed to matter, that they should all matter to at least some extent. They should all be matches where there is at least some small percentage. Now the arguments, hey, right now nobody's beating Roman Reigns. I hear you. I get it. I get what you're going to say back is that there is no chance of anybody beating Roman Reigns. There is a difference between a zero and, as I just said to Aaron, a 10% chance. And all I'm asking for is a 10% chance that there's some thought that something else could happen. So I'll never be okay with it. But, again, we're all... This this supposes that actually ends up being the match, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I disagree by, with... By the way, I'll also take it a step further and say uh, the other reason why this is not offensive to me is because, like, 
Okay, so how did this match come about? Well, Roman Reigns we, doctored it into existence, right? right? I mean, the, it sort of justifies the whole thing to me. I think if you if you have Adam Pierce coming out and saying Roman Reigns, you f- have to face you know Sami Zayn or something like that is the convention of what you typically rail against. This no, is would, something completely different. I, I would rather have a gauntlet match and have the winner of the gauntlet match be the number one contender at the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't at all. Not if it's going to be a match that is just going to happen and nothing. Like if this, To me, I actually... Okay, first of all, I do agree with you guys. I don't know if this is going to make it to the pay-per-view as is. But let's say it does. We fucking know something's going to happen in this match. And that's what I watch wrestling mm, for. Eh. I watch wrestling to see... What's going to happen? Whenever Roman Reigns is fighting Rey Mysterio, I know what's going to happen. Roman Reigns is winning. The, is going to win the match. I disagree like, with there's you. There's nothing like, interesting to I, me about that. I, I don't know I that we know something interesting this is, is happening. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think we know that this something is. I think it could be very simple. It could be that that's the match and Kevin Owens gets involved and that's it and we all knew it was coming and that's the end of it. So I, okay, I, I disagree. That's fine, and I also, this goes to me to be. Wouldn't, the, that suggest, wouldn't that suggest that Roman Reigns would lose? Which would be unbelievably crazy. If, if, if that happened, I, I think it would happen right after the match. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I would think. I, let me go back to it. Let me go back for a second. This, to sure. me, is more about the sanctity of the championship. And like, I don't like throwing the word around, but there's so few things that we have made matter in professional wrestling that I would like it if our championship still mattered. It's been very... Fr- I've said this throughout the year. The big, most frustrating thing about AEW... Well, not the most frustrating, but one of the frustrating <laughs> things about AEW is that they created a championship and then just didn't give a shit about it. Like, it's very frustrating. It's, it's still kind of doubt, by the way. I mean, a little bit more, but not much more. I mean, like, it's more that they care about the person who has the championship than they actually care about the championship itself right now. Um, like the championship belt is supposed to be what matters in professional wrestling in a world in which we know all of this is fake. Like there's supposed to be something that everyone is competing for and that that makes all of this make sense. And that's a championship belt. And so to piss away a championship match will never be something that sits right with me. Do I think it's horrible? No. And and if as we said a million times, it's like the 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 Goldberg thing. If there's one pay per view where you do something like this, it's at the Royal Rumble because we all know the championship matches at the Royal Rumble just don't really matter all that much because there's something that matters more. Still, I'm never okay with it being a zero. It's it can't be a zero. There's got to be some thought that in a major championship match. But let me get back because there's other problems that sprawl from this. I disagree with you about one thing uh, in particular, Aaron. If Kevin Owens were to win the Royal Rumble, he'd know he had the match. But uh, he can keep he can keep his hands off of Roman Reigns for three months. He doesn't like. Why, I, did, I why would it, why after, would he have to keep the, his hands the off? The way of him. it's gotten so heated, I don't buy it. it. There's a million things that you can do between then. There, there's there's no the idea. First of all. Let me do the math on this. What date or do we think WrestleMania okay, is two, going to two be? Two and a half months. Right. Fine, so two and a half months. months. Right. So we start with that. Secondarily, in the meantime, he can absolutely attack Roman Reigns. He can absolutely do things to frustrate and piss off Roman Reigns. There's a million things you can keep that there. It can still exist between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. The bigger problem is if you don't do it at WrestleMania, then you know the answer. The only chance of Kevin Owens getting a win over Roman Reigns is if it happens at WrestleMania. So if you do this before WrestleMania, you're essentially saying, we're pissing away Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. We're just making it go away to give you something else that you don't want nearly as much as we do. 
we're going to give you something else. And look, if it's Daniel Bryan, it's Daniel Bryan, and that's fine, and we'll all yeah. love it. And they, I mean, it should be Jey Uso, as I've said a million times, right? But like, if but it's I not, think we're starting to realize it's not. So if you piss away Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, what are you giving them at WrestleMania? Brock? No one wants that. I think the answer is probably Daniel Bryan right now. And that's fine. No one's gonna have a problem with it being Daniel Bryan. I, I, like you can't. It's you're you're not allowed to legally. Right. I believe <laughs> uh, there's a binding agreement that you're not allowed to be mad about that type of thing. But you're essentially saying you're calling it off. If you don't do it at WrestleMania, you're telling everyone we're just ending this and making it go away, and it was never going anywhere. And that's that might just Which, be the answer. Which, by the way, I think is the case. Right. That just might be the answer, but that's what it is. Um, and if it's the case, I, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess. And by the way, if if it is Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble as opposed to winning Elimination Chamber or something, you have to get rid of Kevin Owens before the Rumble, or at least before you get into Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns. Um, at the moment, I don't, I don't know which at one. At the moment, you don't, unless he comes back. If he's just well, gone, no, no, that's well, no, but that's what I'm saying is, I don't, I think it's awkward if you have. Daniel Bryan being the looming figure over the whatever we get out of Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. I feel like you want a, a clean cut between that those two things. Probably there's some truth to that, but I also, you know, we don't know yet if that means that Daniel Bryan is winning the Royal Rumble. Or right. If, I'm saying if out, it's the right, Rumble, which, by the way, if Daniel Bryan is going to be in a title match at Mania, I would strongly prefer, because again, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, it's the one thing he hasn't done, and it would just be nice to see if, if he is going to be in that spot. I'd like him to win the Rumble. Yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying about that. There's the other layer to this that we're not talking about, which is you created a problem that didn't exist before. You created a Shinsuke Nakamura problem. I was just, I was just mm-hmm. about to mention that. The, I mean, you well, essentially turned him face. Essentially turned him face, made us want more, and there's no room. There's no room well, right I, now. I, I don't know. I mean, the next thing I was going to... Literally, the next words out of my mouth were going to be, did they just make him the scapegoat for this story? Or is there something else there? Because that is the other thing that could end up happening is maybe we just get that match anyway. But then because he, he he's could, fighting Jey Uso stop, yeah. tomorrow on SmackDown. So there's so, there there's a hint of potential there. Right. And, and by the way, he sword. made he made all the sense in the world as a Royal Rumble opponent. And that, that goes back to filming yeah. all the things that we were talking about. When we know that this match isn't isn't what other things are. Because it's on the same card as the Royal Rumble, and the Royal Rumble is what matters. But he looked so good in winning a gauntlet match that it starts to at least creep in the mind that you're doing something with Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, you know, 98, 99% chance Roman Reigns is winning. You know that. But there's but at I'd least. I love that match. There's at least. Yes, it's a good match, and it's someone who just did something really amazing that made you believe in them a couple weeks more. That's the most frustrating part about all of this to me, is that the, the most simple answer, like, was the correct one. Just, I, I don't think that's over yet. I don't think that's all the way over. He's fighting Jey Uso on SmackDown I'm, this week. It, it, it's lost its sting for me. It doesn't mean that it can't still be great. How? How are, you getting him, how, how are you getting him into the championship match? He's fighting Jey Uso on, uh, tomorrow for, night. What does that mean? Why, is, why would Roman Reigns? I don't Reigns... know. I, what, what, what... Uh, I mean, look, it, it depends how what you want to do with Adam Pearce, but if you're going to continue down the road with Adam Pearce really doesn't want this, doesn't want the match... Adam Pierce has the power to put, let's say, Shinsuke Nakamura Adam, wins. Adam Pierce Adam comes out at the end and he says, you know what? Not, I can't take myself out of this match, but I can put Shinsuke Nakamura in. 
I mean, that goes back to the triple threat, which is terrible, right? Like, well, you can say it's a handicap match. I mean, which I hate against. I mean, fields, like, but... it, it just goes back to, the, and that, that ends up going back to the, the same problem, which is that Adam Pierce still has to be in the match, like, which just is just gross and 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 does not work in any level. And that's with no offense to Adam Pierce. Like, I want to make that very clear. Love Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. The Adam Pierce WWE character has no business being in a championship match whatsoever at all. Um, I mean, the one answer would be that you know, but. And, Obviously, this is just the way they got away with it. But if it wasn't just the way they got away with it and they're planning, a, planning on telling a real story, how did Adam Pierce get in the match to begin with? Well, there is and there's if, there's lots of problems here. Yeah, I was going to say that that's yeah. one of the bigger like what again, it goes back to what we've talked about over the past weeks or months. We still don't have a defined power structure in WWE, which creates well, what I'm issues saying like is, this. You could go down that road. You could you could figure out how Paul Heyman got him into the match. And that's the story you could tell to get him out of it. I just don't think they're but, prepared. But none to do of that. that. I was going to say, if, if you're going to do that, that means you, I feel like you have a reveal of who the man behind the curtain is. And I don't think that there's really a man behind the curtain, but they have suggested there is okay. because there's been multiple times where Paul Heyman has said something to the, and, and I actually thought it was Adam Pierce for a couple of weeks. I think we talked about that on this show, that there was some weird power that Roman had over things. And they, they, I mean, and it wasn't just us pointing out a story hole. They acknowledged it on the on the show. Again, so, all, all of this still, in terms of Shinsuke, goes to a place where you had the opportunity to have him overcome all of the odds and have an amazing moment that made him credible. Now the way that you're going about putting him in a championship match is someone else says he's in the championship match. Right, that's right, that's right. not the same. It's not. It will never be the same. It will never... Should, the only time it's ever worked... Was Daniel Bryan have a thousand people in the ring with him? It's the only time ever that just and even then he still had to beat Triple H. Correct first. in order to get there, right? Yeah. Like that's that, that's it. You had it. It was there. You just decided to do some other thing instead. And the other, I mean, th- what you could do is just have Triple H bring his burning hammer in yeah, and right, yeah. demand we'll, the we'll match. Get, we'll get to something that, right? like that. I understand. <laughs> But like this is why it doesn't work for me. This is why you created a problem that you didn't need to have in this process. You could have just burned the Nakamura thing at Royal Rumble, gone the easiest way. I, I'm not interested in any more of an Adam Pierce story. I don't want more Adam Pierce. It's not interesting. It's not compelling. I don't I, care. I, I disagree. I, I am I am interested by this. Why? I, I, Brandon, you just gave me a really bad idea of where this could be going, and it fills in so many gaps that it scares me uh, that they could be going this way. The whole reason they're going to end up having this is Adam Pierce is going to be in cahoots with well, Roman. Of course, that's that's uh, obviously that's a thought process. Yeah. That's not in I mean this no, is all I, I, yeah. Adam Pierce isn't interesting. He's not not currently. And you're saying, "Well, he could be down the road. Why do you need more right now?" Roman Reigns and Jey Uso are super effing compelling. All of these people that we're talking about on the other side are super effing compelling. Why does this need an Adam Pierce story in any world? The only uh, way we'll he, find out. <laughs> I, I was going to say the only way that you, you know, in someone's head, is that you need to make Roman Reigns even more heel. Uh, to, to how? How is he that making him even? I mean, again, other than well, the, if, because if he has if, control. If he has, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say if he has the the authority figures in his pocket as well, that does make him more of a you know, again. And if this is going back to Daniel Bryan, then it's Daniel Bryan overcoming Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Paul Heyman, and the, and, and the entire man. company basically. Yeah, I mean, I I I guess I don't know. I that's 
I, I I'm just, not saying it's good, yeah. but it fits. Uh, it, it feels very forced with Adam Pierce. It feels really forced. Someone who has been a nothing just sort of existed to suddenly be a significant player in the most important but story. But at the same time, you say it it feels forced, but they, I think they did the work. Not not making him a obviously they're not telling you he's a viable opponent. The whole point of this is that he's not. I know Roman doesn't want a viable compo- opponent. That's the whole story. That I, I mean, I, they, I, they did the work for three weeks with Adam Pierce pissing off Roman Reigns, and I actually I actually almost mentioned it on this show a couple of weeks ago that I felt like they were about to do something with him, but like I I don't see where just some random opponent is the same as a story. Like I, I, at this point, I don't care if there's a title match. To be honest with you, I would rather this story remain intact and go wherever we're going with it. And why, like why, I said, I, tr- I don't understand. I trust why, them. why couldn't I'm that have been done? Criticize it at this point because they have done done nothing how, wrong. How with how was Shinsuke Nakamura slowing that down? I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what they plan to do. You know, I don't know what the plan for. Like I I think that the I think honestly the. Be- I know that the point is to say, you know, where we see it's going and how it feels right now. But I honestly don't think this thing will be able to be judged until after it happens. And then we can say, okay, that was really stupid and a waste of time. Or that was a really compelling story. I don't think it's possible to say that right now because, like I said, so far, everything is checked out. Everything, nothing has been shoehorned in. Uh, no, this feels really shoehorned, man. This uh, involve the ad involvement of Adam Pierce, who is a nothing character in WWE, who is non-existent, feels super shoehorned. He's been a character me. for six he's, months or so but now. To do, he's, he's just stood he's there. Been, he hasn't he's been a vehicle. He hasn't been a character. He's been there's been no character there, and suddenly very well, no, quickly. No, he's just a suit, right? I mean, but that's it. And like suddenly now he's a central figure. That doesn't. I'm not. I am out on that. At I the don't moment. see it that way. I don't think he's a central figure at all. I think he's he's a tool currently for Roman. The, the number one contender for the championship. <laughs> That's a central figure because the champion doctored the situation. I understand to make that, but that's. You can't get out of that now. You did that. He's there. He's a he's central the figure of the story. That's the way it goes. You can't back out of that. Like you can't suddenly say, "Well, that was that that didn't need to happen, so let's get rid of that." Like then, then what's the point of doing anything? Which again, is no, that's and that's what I, that's why I suggest I don't think we will be saying that. I think we'll say, "Okay, that was that was a pretty cool story." Like we've been saying every week with everything else they've done Th- with Roman. This is the first time I felt something besides that. I did not okay. feel that. I I thought this was a giant nothing and a massive miss, and it read of. Of of perhaps someone guiding a story for a long time, and then someone else deciding that the story should go somewhere else. That this this felt really hinky to me. I, I it was and 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 wildly unnecessary in comparison to what could have happened. We'll find out. You know, I, I'll reserve the right as always to change my mind down the road. Uh, in the meantime, on Raw we got kind of Triple H for some reason. Well, we know the reason. Well, we kind of know the reason. We, we know I mean, a reason. Yes, and like that's the point. You can say, well, it's because Drew McIntyre got COVID. Well, okay, that, and and presumably other wrestlers too, considering how many people pulled double duty. Uh, except that the reports suggest that the wrestlers were there and just not being used. Well, that that's dumb. I'm Ex- I'm working under the assumption right now that they didn't have what six wrestlers work two mats just because they for 
shits and giggles. I mean, I could I, be wrong. I would, I would, I would hope, but yet reports say that there were plenty of people that were there in the building and just weren't used because of the drastic rewrites that happened to the show uh, beforehand with Drew McIntyre. That unless that, you're Lucha House Party, you're just on all the shows. Correct. That's the way that it works. <laughs> Um, I, I don't really care. I mean, it's awkward. It's weird. It's, it, this is, this is where I, I don't like the original story that you're telling. So it's really hard for me to like this any less. Like, like when you're giving me Goldberg and then saying, okay, here's this other thing. I, there's no way I can like it less than I like Goldberg. Like that's not possible. It's, it's, it, it can only be at worst on par with the other thing. It was kind of a wasted entire evening but it it, it happened i i guess there's sugge- i i don't know i really i you, you're gonna have to <laughs> See, take I me like, somewhere i else. like this too <laughs> i i thought it i thought it fit right in with what they were doing with randy orton i didn't see any issue with use i actually liked seeing triple h because we haven't seen him in so long in this capacity um i like the randy orton fiend storyline so i like the fireball at the end with Alexa. The the one thing that was super hinky, super the hinky, end, <laughs> the way they shot it, <laughs> the way they shot it and the way that they got Triple H out, because there's no way in which a burning thing disappears. Like that's like you he can teleported. make the lights. You can, no, but what I'm saying is you can make the lights go out to disappear a person. But when the lights go out, the burning hammer does not go out <laughs> like that. <laughs> That was if he teleports away. Come on, sure. But I, I, I mean, we're, we're dealing with the it, fiend here. The, but the, right, but the visual of it sells whenever it, the lights go out and something's gone. It doesn't sell when the lights go out and the thing the guy ho- is holding is still burning and then that disappears. That was a little weird visually, but you know, like you said, it's the fiend. Anything goes. I don't know. I, I had no problem with the Triple H thing. Um, I thought it fed in from what they did last week, um, which is exactly the reason they did it. And I don't even know if they could have done it if they hadn't done what they did last week with Ric Flair and all the. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sort of that's probably where the idea came from. And, right? and well, yeah, and but here's what I want to know is that that obviously that was not supposed to be the match. We've se- we saw the advertisements. It was supposed to be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Was the idea just to do basically the exact same thing, only replace? Uh, Triple H with Drew McIntyre because that would have felt a lot that's not how you use your champion that's not how you use the top guy on your card I mean I would have a major problem if that's the case he's not he's not fodder for another storyline like that's not which makes me wonder what the original plan was you know I didn't even mention the weirdest thing of this whole segment was the was the uh, the promo when Triple (laughs) when Triple H talks about randy orton burning a guy like it's you know it's like hey you had no problem burning that guy but you wouldn't burn the girl that makes you a pussy <laughs> it's like, it was like burning the guy's no big deal right but yeah stop short on it, yeah. it was a, so that was weird it was like I mean, we are talking about murder here right <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I look this this is one where I'm willing to you didn't have the guts to murder two people only the, one the visual is good obviously it's a compelling visual but this is sort of like the Jimmy Fallon show to me like I, because something makes a nice YouTube clip the next day doesn't make it a good show 
and doesn't make it something compelling for me to sit down and watch for three hours. And I'm just not, again, it's, I'm, I'm honestly admitting that I'm grading this on a curve because it, it appeared to be quite the cluster F for them on Monday night. And also because I don't, I, it really is hard. It's hard for me um, to, to separate from the fact that I, I'm not excited about Raw right now because Raw is where I'm getting Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. And I, I, it's hard for me to be excited about anything that's happening when that's the, the, the story that you're telling me. So I, I, don't, I wasn't offended by it. I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was unwatchable. I didn't think it was absurd. And, and Brent, to your point, of course, like it, it is semi-similar to what they've been talking about. And so they were able to pull it off and, and, and make it passable. But I wasn't interested in it. I certainly wasn't bothered by the fact that they teased a Triple H match and it and it didn't happen because I didn't need a Triple H match in my life. I don't I don't I don't need part timers wrestling ever. It's just not something that gets me going. That doesn't do anything for me. Um, it was I, I I when I say it's fine, and I'm not trying to say that like it, it it was fine. It was fine. They they were able to to survive and they they kind of made something work. It was all fine it was here we are talked about the triple h thing in a way that suggested it wasn't going to be a match right right it was a challenge i thought that they did a good job of teasing that in a way that you got pretty much exactly what you would have expected out of that segment at the end it's also but awkward that they this goes back to why the adam pierce thing is so offensive right like that you just sort of have him casually hanging out on Raw and sort of still <laughs> that that was it's, yes I will I will give you that it's, yes it's this is offensive like yeah I mean you, that, this is why it fair. doesn't work um, I, I felt the same way when they showed him and he's just like bullshitting with hey whoever that was. nothing's going on <laughs> like everything's well, fine like the, right fight. I mean stop that's bad that's not like. You just got forced to do something terrible the other night. But now, hey, let's hang out with AJ Styles. And ah, we'll worry about that another day. Like, it's not, it's not <laughs> all right. He shouldn't give a shit about anyone's Royal Rumble um, Imagine, status. Imagine you're Adam Pierce and you're dealing with this, like, conundrum in your life. And you're like, yeah, but just got to put that back on the back burner because we got Drew, Drew Gulak right now. And that's what matters <laughs> most in the world. By the way, why does Adam Pierce hate Drew Gulak? I mean, he's the only guy that's not allowed to declare a spot in the right. Royal Rumble. He's the only the person in like the last six years. Yeah, it's not just not allowed, allowed to declare. To declare. I mean, I, I actually, you know what? By the way, that was that was at least semi entertaining to me. Like, you know, yeah. the fact that they did it that way, it was at least semi entertaining. Um, it almost came off kind of r truthian, right? Which I appreciate. Which is, I'm, I, I like, you know, it'd be our truth in September. I'm declaring myself for the Royal Rumble. The truth, there's no Royal Rumble right now. Like, you know, in a weird way, that actually kind of hit. But yes, um, I don't know, bizarre as a whole. Uh, all right, what else from Raw and SmackDown do you want to knock out quickly? Ric Flair. Why? Where are we going with this? Nowhere. <laughs> Ric Flair's on television. I mean, like, there's the, where are we going with this? Nowhere. Nowhere is the answer. They're not going anywhere with it. They're... Well, like- the, the amazing thing to me is, you know, it goes back to what we talked about. Like, they had the thing with Lana. They replaced her with Charlotte. They had her in the tag well, title. Lana's legitimately hurt, apparently. Okay, but it's like, you, you did all this, and to go to this? Th- yeah, this, this is, is where this we're is treading, This is just treading water right now. I, I, but but you, didn't, you didn't need to have her win the tag titles if it's treading water time. Well, no, no, no. I, I, but they never I should mean, have had her win the tag titles. 
I think there was also, you know, and uh, th- this felt to me like something, like there. It was weird that Oscar wasn't there, right? Does she have COVID nineteen? Uh, that was one of the ones that was in the report of people that that didn't have COVID and were there that just, just weren't used. That was in that <laughs> See, report, which is okay. So then, like, then then everything that Aaron said, I hear you because, like, I don't understand. Like to me, in my head. I was thinking Drew McIntyre is COVID. Who else is COVID? Okay, this is just going to be a weird show because there's all these people. Especially, I think I thought the same thing that you thought, Aaron. Whenever they just turned these matches into, all right, now these guys are going to fight again. Uh, like that transition from the tag match to the one-on-one Keith Lee Sheamus was like, I, I literally laughed. Like because they, they're hugging and it goes to commercial, <laughs> it comes back and they're like, ah, like what? Wait, where was the transition? <laughs> like, they're just gonna, and they're just, they didn't even say anything. The match just started. Oh, correct. Like, oh, these guys were just in a tag match. Now they're like, fighting each other for some reason. <laughs> yes, correct. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, what the hell was that? Like, I literally laughed. I was like, this is hilarious. Like, they, what, they what also did, they also did the, the Riddle Lashley MVP thing completely backwards. It's yeah. Matt Riddle loses the match and then gets another match as opposed to Riddle beats MVP and then loses to Lashley. So really, uh, just a... and for some reason now he's all he's still the number one contender for the United States Championship, which is the way that segment left off. I'm like, you just lost, like straight up. Oh, I yes, I got nothing else to say about. It. By the way, the match was really good. It was. It was. I, I like I like him and Lashley together. So they have pretty good chemistry. Yeah, make, makes plenty of sense that they would they would work well together. All right, anything else from uh, Ron's? Anything else from Raw or SmackDown? I mean, I know that we just bitched forever about you know the SmackDown main event picture. We do have to reiterate how much work Nakamura did on Friday. That's, I mean, it was like this is the guy that I've been missing for I don't even know how long a year. I mean, at least at least if what we got out of it was that we're turning him face. And there's the potential to do something, you know, within the next year. That's a sliver of positivity. But like, I don't, I don't know. You know, obviously, with no faith in that. But it was just great to they see him. They didn't even give him work. that moment, Brandon. Why would I expect that they're going to give him anything else? <laughs> they had. Him... He did get beat down by the champion and the and the number one star of the show. Yeah. So yeah, that I'm... is something. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Something. Uh... Um, new tag champs. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I, I utterly Weird. forgot that happened. By the um, way, that was a really good, like a lot better of a match than I would have expected. Really good match. Um, I mean, with the story that was told within it, right? Like that that made it work. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. Like, I, cool, cool. I actually think that right. it worked. I, that's sort of where I am. Is is cool. We know Baltimore is a city of world champions. Of course, the Ravens are trying to win a third right now. The Orioles have three. Uh, Some boxers have won them over the years. Javante Davis, Asim Rachman, and the current Impact Wrestling world champion is our own as well. He is the man who has always had the greatest theme music in the history of wrestling. He might be the smoothest wrestler of all time, and he's getting ready for a huge six-man tag match coming up Saturday at Hard to Kill. It's a pleasure, as always, to welcome back to the program the great Rich Swan, who joins us 
Rich, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, bro. Thank you for taking the time for us as always. Thank you for having me up on air, Glenn. That was just a one hell of an introduction. Everybody knows I can be smooth as silk. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does know that. There's no doubt. Dude, I can can you put into words what it means to you when like just the words world champion before we get to everything that's going on and what's coming up Saturday night. The words world champion. We know your story. We've talked about your story. You you came from a rough place in life. The world yeah. words world champion, what do they mean to you? World champion, man, like it's just a combination of everything that like you just said, all the hard work, all the trials and tribulations. And it's just a symbol of showing anybody that whatever you go through in life, you can jump through those hurdles. And I'm living proof of that. And just to be living proof and, you know, hopefully be an inspiration to people from Baltimore and not only from Baltimore, all around the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a great honor, you know? Oh, I mean, dude, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I you know, I, I popped some champagne bottles myself when it happened, just for the record. It was, it meant that much to me, dude. All right, so, so, um, this a hole, Kenny Omega, shows up, right? Like, who the hell does this guy think he is? And he's trying to cause problems and he's trying to play the numbers game with his old brothers. The hell is going on around these parts, dude? You're the world champion. Hey, man, you know, I will not take anything away from uh, the cleaner, Mr. Kenny Omega. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's come up in my town, my hood, my territory, if you will. And uh, he thinks that he's the real world champion. And he has a little bit of backup from one of my own bosses. You know what I'm saying? Don Callis. Yeah, what the which hell? Which is a very strange situation, but at the same time, I'm going to have my boys with me, the Motor City Machine Guns, two pioneers of the X Division, two guys that have come out and they've done some things that people couldn't even fathom, couldn't even imagine. And to have those guys behind me, you know what I'm saying, as the world champion, knowing that I'm the real world champion of Impact Wrestling, I won't take anything away from him because, you know, he did win the world championship over at AEW. With a little bit of shady tactics. <laughs> I know I won fair and square. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> we'll leave that up to interpretation who the world, the real world champion. You have, know what I'm saying? Have, have you, I, look, I know right now you're worried about hard to kill, but has that thought crossed your mind of maybe trying to like combine these two belts and, and have there be just one world champion? You know what I'm saying, man? If anybody, and any company wants to give me a shot at their world championship, maybe I'm ready to connect all the titles together. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do it. I ain't afraid of nobody. And, you know, anybody, they can come and challenge. I don't care what company you have to. You can come to Impact Wrestling and challenge me for my world championship. If you all about making this industry grow, that's what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think that there is no better representative of a world championship than, than there is in Rich Swan. so I am all for that. Rich Swan is with us here on Jobbing Out. Again, Hard to Kill is coming up on Saturday night. Um, Rich, that being said, there are there have been a few more eyeballs that have 
become the way of impact because of Kenny Omega's presence. To be the world champion at any point would be overwhelming. But to be the world champion and the face of a company at the time where it's getting you know, so much attention at the moment, how much has that meant to you beyond just, you know, I'm, at any point, obviously, you would have been thrilled to have been the world champion. You know, it's huge. It's definitely huge. Uh, there's no uh, denying the fact, that, you know, AEW, they're uh, at an advantage to where they have a wider fan base being on TNT. Um, and, you know, we have our access deal and we work on Twitch and we have Impact Plus and we get our crowd as, as you know, expanded as we can. And now, you know, there's no denying that when Kenny Omega showed up from AEW with his AEW championship and the, you know, the thought of, oh, man, the Bullet Club coming back together. It's crazy. And then to be put in the situation with the guys as well, and I'm the world champion, like, man, it's really time to show out. That's what hits my mind. It's time to show why I'm in this position, why they believe in me, why being world champion was bestowed upon me. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And that's exactly what you're doing. By the way, on, on Tuesday night, on uh, you know, <clears throat> I couldn't help but notice that you guys definitely proved why it is that you were the world champion when those dudes thought that maybe they were going to have the advantage. I, you know, it, it looked like somebody who had something to prove at the end of the night Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we were in that room yeah. and we were all locked in there going up before the show went yeah, on. Yeah, right? That's that's how oh, you go yeah. home, ain't I it? I was showing that I could throw a little bit of hands, you know what I'm saying? A couple <laughs> uppercuts to the throat. God, it was awesome. God, that's how you go home. That's how you get ready for mm-hmm. a big show, man. That was that was tremendous television. Um, there's this other thing that's sort of looming right now, right? And that's we've talked about it a number of times over the years. There's this old Baltimore-D.C. rivalry, and there's another guy who's walking around calling himself a champion, and now, you know, he's got it. He knows he's going to get the shot again. Is that at all in the back of your mind going into Saturday night, knowing that, that Moose is is looming, he's lurking, and he's thinking about you and got you in his crosshairs? You know, Moose, he's somebody that, you know, he's like Big Debo. You see him coming around the corner, you keep that mouth shut. As soon as he walk away, you start talking again. <laughs> but no, I got him in the back of my mind. He's very dangerous right now. When he got in there with EC3, that really changed him. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's walking around here with the TNA World Championship eventually. You know what I'm saying? And after what he did with Willie, you know what I'm saying? He's going to be targeting me. He's going to be watching my back. I don't I don't think he gives, you know, any cares in the world about what the Bullet Club Kenny Omega is doing. He's zeroed in on me. Well, I'm looking and, for, Oh, hang on. I'm looking forward to the day that much like Debo, we can walk up to Moose and say, you just got knocked the F out. Like, that's... <laughs> Hey, man, I'm looking forward to that day, too, and, you know, it might come soon. You never know. Rich Swan is with us. Again, hard to kill. Coming up Saturday night, it's a six-man tag. 
as um, you know, th- this is and this is a massive moment. Obviously, this is a massive moment for this company, and this is a massive moment for professional wrestling. And everybody has noticed that. Rich, like you know, is there is there a thought process for you? All of the things that you've accomplished to now be world champion. I know we've we've talked about the idea of unification, but like, is is there still a match that's out there that you've never had, or someone that you've never worked with that you say this is still on my list? Like, I still all the things I've done, I've still never done this. Man, there's so many people that I have, you know just thoughts and aspirations like if you want to go on the impact side um there's Rahit Raju who I'm a Mm. very big fan of Mm. I think he's you know somebody that you know could really be a huge star in this business uh I'd love to really go at it with Chris Bay again on a longer scale because I think again I think he is somebody that could do some things in this business that, you know, certain people would not even, you know, fathom, couldn't even think he would be able to go beyond the limit. And then another person is Trey Miguel, who I think Uh, is the fire of this industry. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at the uh, AEW side, if we were to continue to work with those guys, I'd love, I'd love to get a shot and work with, uh, a Darby Allen, somebody who's just fearless, has no cares, has no qualms about doing whatever you need to do to entertain the people. Um, guys like Kip Sabian, who yeah. I've gotten to wrestle in England, but to wrestle on a bigger scale, that would be something that's like, all right, it's really time to show what professional wrestling can be again. By the way, what you just described sounds like a perfect 2021 to me. Like, let's just go ahead and book all of them. Let's just go ahead and make it happen. (laughs) Hey, Rich, for you, like, you know, you're someone who's always fed off the crowd, the energy, right? Like the dancing, everything that you've ever done um, as a professional wrestler. How particularly difficult has it been for you, if at all, not having the crowd? It, 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 It seems to me like for you it'd be a little bit different than everybody else because your presence has always been predicated on that interaction. You know, it is very different, but at the same time, it's not difficult for me because I know in the back of my mind that there's these red lights that zoom around the the arena that we're in, and it's like, okay, these red lights mean that there's people behind there. It could be 10, 10,000, 10 million. Who cares? They're watching, spending their hard-earned money in these times to where you can't go out like that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, they're spending their hard-earned money to be entertained. And when I go out there, I imagine that those people are right there, and I hear it in my head. You know what I'm saying? And I want to give the greatest performance that I can, whether, you know, there's nobody in there or not. I just know that somebody's going to be enjoying this somewhere down the line. And I don't want to be looked at as somebody that phones it in or gives half, you know, uh, a half crap uh, performance. You know, I want to be the guy that everybody's going to know uh, in these times that he still went out there and busted his ass harder than anybody. Well, and that's, you been, know? that's been evident. I mean, there's no doubt that that's the truth. 
All right, we've we've had a tradition, uh, you and all the times that you've been on this show over the years, um, you've always done something, and that's dropped a little like musical number on us. Is there? Can we can we keep the tradition alive? Could you? I know it's early in the morning. Would you be willing to give us a little like Lionel Richie flavor this morning, just because that's 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 sort of a tradition that you and I have had over the years. Little tradition, a little bit of a, a little bit of. Yeah. Well, my friends, the time has come to raise the roof and have some fun. Way away in this work to be done. Let the music play on. Play on, play on, play on. Yeah! God, that makes me happy. I can't tell you how much that means to me, dude. Rich Swan, yes, I, I continue to get goosebumps. Like, every time I watch you, bro, like, knowing you, knowing where you've been, knowing where you've come from, and knowing how many people just like you have not been able to overcome those many things to, to get to anything like becoming the champion of the world, dude. Like, it never will not give me goosebumps, bro. And I can't wait for Saturday night. It's been so cool watching you guys work together. Saturday night, hard to kill, pay-per-view. You can find out more by going to impactwrestling.com. Rich, is there anything else that I can plug for you? You're not really the social media type anymore. Although, are you back on Instagram? Did I see that? No, man, I'm not back on Instagram. That's a fake account. <laughs> okay, you don't follow that. If you think you're following Rich Swan, you aren't. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do uh, it. Hey, you know, if you if you want to follow that person and give them a little bit of support <laughs> because you know they think it, you know they feel like that they be, you know what, maybe that just brightens up their day. Go ahead or <laughs> you know, go ahead or and that brings more awareness to me anyway. All right. All so right. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> Rich Swan, Motor City Machine Guns, Kenny Omega and the Good Brother Saturday night. Rich Swan. Love you, brother. So happy for you at all times. Thank you, as always, taking the time for us this morning. Thank you for having me, brother. Always a great time. Awesome. Uh, Love Rich Swan, and I can't believe he broke out the guitar to sing this time. That was awesome. Appreciate him doing that. And again, uh, Hard to Kill is Saturday night um, with that that awesome six-man tag match in the main event. And then we will see as uh, Moose looms with the the opportunity to get a title match and you know, the thought that maybe there could be a unification match at some point. Who knows? So that's all kind of lingering moving forward after Hard to Kill on Saturday night. All right, uh, boys, let's let's dive into AEW from this week. Let's go there next. And you're not going to believe this, but uh, Dar- Darby Allen was in a match, and the lights went off, and Sting was there. And it's just it's staggering. I could have never seen that coming. Um, it's, it's just this unbelievable new idea, fresh idea they had. They haven't done the exact same thing for, for the better part of two months. Oh no, completely groundbreaking. Cause he hit someone with the bat. Ah, well that does make it far different and definitely <laughs> seems to serve a purpose and justifies frust- why sting is yeah. so important. The frustrating thing is the match and, and the ending of the match. I really liked, I like how they hearkened back to the crucifix thing, which was like the first time Taz and Darby had interacted with each other when Darby lost it. I was like, oh, that was clever. Good, good callback. And I was like, oh, and Sting wasn't there, you know, before the ending and then Sting. Yep. 
And then it was just Sting to be there to do what? Nah, eh, nobody really knows. No, he was he was there before the pin. Well, he was watching. <laughs> he hit Ricky's what's oh, his name yeah, with well, the I baseball mean, bat. Okay, you're you're right. I I, I went back and or, or switched up the two things. But yes, over uh, overall the match. You're right. Sting came out first. That was bad. I liked the ending. I liked the match. Didn't like Sting. <laughs> I mean, I I just this it goes back to the. It is but then they bury him at the end with the snow and the, they're just staring at Sting. Because Sting is all that matters. But yet, yes. this goes back to why it, when I said what I said a week ago about Sting and Goldberg. You, you can't tell me that Sting's not worse. He's here. We're telling you he's what matters. He's burying everybody else in the process and he isn't even wrestling. He's just a figure that's more important than anything else despite the fact that he has no role. And you can say, well, he's he's Darby Allen's protector. That's not a thing. That that's not something. It's what you're doing to justify your belief in your mind that it's cool that Sting is there. It's not. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's terrible. It's so ungodly bad. I. I can't. By the way, I listened to. Uh, I think from Christmas week. And by the way, the, uh, ans- the answer isn't to make Sting wrestle. And make that very clear. The answer isn't that we need to have Sting wrestle. <laughs> it's that it's somehow worse because he's not. The answer is no Sting. <laughs> the answer is Sting should show up like once a year. That's the answer. Sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I listened to the AEW podcast featuring Sting. Oh, good. And... This is, I, by the way, I'm we've reached so the point of the program where Brandon talks about the podcast he likes more than his own. I do like this is my favorite part of the program, <laughs> right? No, this is information for the to do the podcast, and I'm actually really glad I listened to it because it's it's the exact point we're we've been making week to week. I'm paraphrasing, but in his description of how he made it to AEW, he basically says, "Oh, awesome!" Like somebody asked him. Hey, do you think WCW could ever come back? Like a, something, and he's like, only if some billionaire guy will basically waste a lot of money doing it. And he's like, and now we can do. Like, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially fucking says that. He's like, oh great, WCW's back. Oh look, all these people that work for WCW work here. This is awesome. That's, <laughs> that's essentially Man. what he says for like ten minutes. And I was just like, oh, my God, even Sting thinks this is WCW. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they've made that very, I mean, they've that? made it very clear. I mean, like, they've, they've, they've said it. They've said it without saying it. So, I mean, like, it's, it's sort of what it is. I, 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 God, I hate this. I really hate this. I really hate this so much. I don't know who it's worse for, if it's worse for, for Darby or if it's worse for Taz and his crew. I just They've done nothing to make me care about Taz and his crew, which sucks because like, I like Brian Cage. I think Brian Cage could, could be really interesting and compelling, and instead he's in this fucking Bukaki. Could anybody with a gun to their head tell me who the other member of Taz's crew is? The name of the other person in Taz's crew besides Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. With a gun, if your life was dependent <laughs> on it. Could Big you Will Hobbs? Hobbs? No, 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 the the Hobbs. other the other white guy that shows up, the other guy. Oh, oh, that's Taz's son, right? Is that who it is? Yeah, that's yeah. Taz's son. I did not, I did not know that. <laughs> I had no idea who that was. No, no it's funny that you say that though, because there's been a couple weeks where I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And then I remembered like 
one random week where they said that, but they yeah, never well, said it again. That, that stemmed from that Cody thing where, yeah. you know, Cody brought it up and then the next week he was there. You know, but the yeah. number one heel in the company, Cody, said yeah. something about his son. Because yeah. that's what that's what the number one heel in the company would do is make is, fun of your son. Th- this 100%. is or, or your relationship with your son. It's just such a bukkake of pe- like here's a thousand people, and we'll get to speaking of bukkakes. That was that was another segment on the. We'll get to that. <laughs> this um, wasn't even the worst segment. Um, like here's a thousand people. None of them have a point to any of this. They all look like assholes every week because they just keep getting destroyed by a, an octogenarian in the process. But <laughs> but this is them, though. <laughs> they run. They run. They're, they're just afraid they for no reason. <laughs> this is it's not that you get destroyed. They're just so homophobic. I, I guess it hurts <laughs> them. Sting, by the way, Sting beat up the smallest guy right. in the group right. with the baseball bat. <laughs> I I guess it hurts them more than it hurts Darby Allen. But like Darby they Allen's at a place. So I, I mean I I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, ca- I can't. I just can't. But yes, to Brandon, to your point, definitely not the worst segment of the show because what in the actual fuck was any of that? My, <laughs> I, I have seen some things in watching professional wrestling. What was I watching when they did? And you know what makes it really disappointing is the premise was so good. The premise was amazing. They built a little Saturday Night Live set and said, we're going to put Britt Baker, who's a very good character and who works, and we're going to have her do her talk show, and she's going to undress Cody Rhodes. And I'm like, well, wait a second. This is this is good. And then they said, you thought you were getting something good and logical and made sense? <laughs> Posh. Instead, we're going to be give you the, like, how did they preview, not only did they film, they pre-recorded this entire show a week ago. They missed them. Like, they just stood there in awkward silence because everybody's a terrible actor. They didn't have the decency to say, let's go back and reshoot this because we clearly effed it up. And none of it made any sense at all, nor did it advance anything. It was just, here's 6,000 people now thrown in together because we want to remind you that we have a women's division that we've never done anything with. What? My favorite part of... Oh, I was going to say, my favorite part... They, you know, they, they try to break it up. They pull up. It's like they go to the side of the wall with the door, like the wide open to the hallway. They're like, no, no, no. We can't push them out that way. We have to go back, go back to the wall and push them through the door. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> so the best part was that you had the number one woman's heel in the company telling the truth about the number one. Well, that I did appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Except that, everything she said was a hundred percent true. It, that, that Cody's baby will have an action figure before she does. That is that's probably well, like, true. And that part, that stuff was good. And if they would have kept doing, if that would have been the segment, it would have been a really good segment. But instead, it devolved into nothing. It was, n- it was just throw a thousand oh. people uh, rolling on top of each other and 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 pretend like that means that we're doing something with our women's division. And, oh, well, and then the one person who's not there, Thunder Rosa, is, apparently the whole segment was going to that. Which is <laughs> which is utterly bizarre. I, I have I have seen a lot of things. Yeah, the transition between the clusterfuck yeah. and the video of her um, beating up Thunder Rosa was the weirdest thing. Like I was like, wait, what happened? Like I, it was it was so hard to follow. I thought she was literally in the hallway beating I, up honest Thunder God, Rosa all I, of a sudden. I actually thought they had screwed up. Like I thought yeah. 
that they had cut to something that was supposed to be saved for another time. Like, I I have no idea what I thought because it was so fucking bizarre and terrible. And it just all reeked of, we, we it's the same thing. We want people to believe that we have a women's division, but we don't actually want to do the work. So let's just throw a million women into one segment. And, and by that, people will believe that we have a women's division, right? Like, oh. God, they also did brutal. the thing where, like, they said, "We want to remind everybody that we think we have the best tag team division ever." So let's just throw a bunch of fucking people out here beating each other up for no reason. They did that too. I mean, it, did they not? It's, it's a, it, but it goes back to the Bukaki thing. Like, you have so many people that have no point because you keep telling me that the only things that matter are Cody Rhodes and fucking Sting, and and so everything else is just a giant waste. And it just looks so much worse because you just you, you think the answer is throw more people at it. Well, if we have a billion people, then it looks better, right? Like, no, it's fucking confusing. I and have... the one thing they did that kind of made any sense, they completely fucked up because so they did the thing where they had Kenny basically shit all over the Bucks mm-hmm. by bringing out the, right. the Good Brothers, and then the Bucks didn't care. The Bucks like. Did a little thing in the back, but then they came out like they didn't come out and start beating them. Like they didn't come out and say, what the fuck? are you? They let them fight. They let them do the match. Like, how does that? I just didn't understand that segment at all. Like I thought I did. And then whenever the Bucks did nothing and then they came out like after everyone was all, like, I don't know. Not, nothing about that segment made any sense to me. It comes- there, there are two parts of that. I actually don't totally mind the Bucks part because the, the, they're clearly telling the Bucks are confused. What the you know should they trust? They shouldn't Kenny be should. after what Kenny Omega just did. No, I, I think that you know there's still friendship there, so you can tell that story. I think the bigger problem, and this has been something that's been fairly consistent, they don't know how to do run-ins. They don't know how to do brawls. They don't know how to block it. They don't know how to shoot it. They don't know how to time it, and it's a problem because this is like the seventh major run-in thing that they've had some major issues, whether it's timing, whether it's shooting, whether it's just blocking of it. They need someone in there who has produced that thing before because I think that's a problem at this point. Well, I, I think Aaron, are you saying they should use a <gasps> script? Yeah, yeah. What or, a... or or have someone there who has before. I don't think they need a should they pr- But as in a, a your time, your time. Yes, they need somebody to produce it. No question about it. Well, and I'll, I'll go... It, the other thing that I... It feels as though they are convinced that one of the problems with WWE is that they had so many people that weren't being used. And so they're like, we'll use everyone. We'll use everyone. Exactly right. That's how everyone will be used, except that you're not. You're not using them. You're just throwing them on TV. I, I How right now does Ricky Starks feel like he's being used? What is the purpose of Ricky Starks in AEW at the moment? He's Black. just there there's nothing there's nothing to it will hobbs was introduced as this this unbelievable character to do what they're they're just let's throw more people at it you know you guys you you weren't satisfied with your role everybody's going to be used over here it doesn't work that way it means none of them have a focus you're trying to do six things all at once who the f knows and by the way that was one of the things before the Britt baker segment went so poorly she throws out, like, what? what is going on with Cody Rhodes? You got this thing and that thing and that thing, and none of it sticks. None of it's working. None of it's compelling. None of it's interesting. None of it makes me want to tune in the next week. And again, like, I'm not trying to suggest that if he just stuck to doing something with Snoop Dogg that I would be interested in that either. 
but like Shaq. you're trying to do a hundred different things at the same time and it's just just giant bukkake with no direction it's here's a million people watch that's not professional wrestling that's not a thing it's a nightmare it's it's painful to watch this was painful every sec i mean tell me the good segments tell me the actual from start to finish good segment of dynamite this week on what I they mean, had said was one what, of their important shows i mean one of my takeaways was going to be you know coming into the show was going to be that it was hard for me to get through that show it was and i think i said this last week too it's it is a it is, that show is a chore for me to watch right now I mean, it really is. There are moments that, like there are typically a couple of segments every week where I'm like, this this worked, or the match that was good, and I still like a, a week ago, I still had a complaint about a good match, but it was a good match. I can give it that. Like I, oh no, this 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 show is not even close to as good as last week's this, show. This and that last week's show wasn't that good. No, and last week's show was fine. This was this was awful. Yeah. And and somebody might say, you know, hey, can you give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt? The Brody Lee thing maybe screwed up, you know, uh, other stuff. I don't know. Like it's, it's or what cl- if we just got this last week? Oh, I mean, that was th- this. They were always doing a two week right like you know, event. Yeah. Did we just get delayed? Like, did it make the show worse, or did we just get delayed? That this shit got delayed two weeks, essentially. I I don't know, man. It's I. You know what I'll compare it to? I don't know. Do, are, are either of you guys Fargo fans? Like the no. the show, yeah. Okay, I, I haven't watched it. Fargo, no, but I've wanted to. Fargo's tremendous. Like, but it's gotten progressively worse as it's gone along. The concept of Fargo is that they change all the actors and the characters and the stories every season. This last season of Fargo, I couldn't like. I gave up four different times because they they fell into. They are so good at this. They tried to do more. They like there was like eight different things going on at the same time. And none of it worked. It was all uninteresting. I've talked to other people that felt the exact opposite this way of season? you. No, I I've, think this is one of the I've, better I've seasons. Been, I've, and Chris Rock. This is, has gotten the reviews really for this season have been god awful. Um, and I, I'll talk about it. it's it's um, like it started like the first season of Fargo was treated as like one of the holiest seasons of television ever. This this season is I mean it's it's unwatchable. It's so bad because there's so much shit happening and they can't they can't figure out which is the part. I, it, I, this this was as bad an episode of Dynamite as there's been. Like this was just painful from moment one to the final. And like it, again, if they had just focused on Britt Baker and done a segment that was just about Britt Baker and Cody Rhodes, it could have been an unbelievably good segment. It it could have been wonderful and the type but they they couldn't do it. We've got we gotta throw a hundred other things in it and and make it this giant bukkake of a segment. And to the point where I don't know that these problems get solved by a second TV show. I, I think this is a fundamental problem, not a we hire too many people and don't have enough TV time for them. I, I think that the people that are that are responsible genuinely believe that the answer is constantly be doing more, constantly be just adding another layer to something instead of focusing on one thing that works and making it compelling. Um, it's been, and, and, and that kind of summed up the whole show because I, you know, I, I was going through my head. I was like, okay, what was there parts I liked? And all of it was like stuff that started well and ended bad. Like, like the pack Eddie Kingston match was good. And then you had the nonsensical Lance Archer thing at the end, like where even though Pat, you know, death triangle outnumbered I, people, Lance Archer came out and, and helped them. And it, 
A lot, I, I no, agree, good though. That match was nonsensical good. endings. I, I agree. The match was good, though. Yeah. I, I was into that, too. Um, yeah. They're also clearly trying to turn um, Dark Circle face very quickly because of what happened. And I that's... was going to say, I don't think they have to turn. I think they are faces. Well, sure. That's But like they're, they're, they're sort of trying to make it happen, and now all these characters that never had the time to get to know his heels, now I don't have the time to get to know them as faces. And like when they're trying to make them quirky... Like, I'm so excited to meet... I, I, I still don't really know who you are. I mean that with all due respect. You you are not different than anybody else that's been a part of this group. I don't know why I'm that supposed to... That was John Silver, That's right? the only, the only yes. guy in the group that has anything that has... But that was the guy that said what you just said, right? I, yes, correct. That was John yes. Silver. But he's the only one in the entire group that you've done anything... Right. That 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 says to me that you're different. And you're it's uh, it's just too much. There's too much going on there. It's so painful. Um, and, and there's like ten guys in that group. By the way, Brandon from from season one season one of Fargo, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes ninety seven percent. Season four of Fargo, the audience score is fifty two percent. What's the critic score? The critic score went from like a hundred percent to eighty percent. So the critics like it. The fourth season more. The audience, which loved the first season of Fargo, yeah. hates this season of Fargo. It's terrible. There's just too much going on. It, you can't watch it. It's it's it's. Glenn, just because you're not smart enough to understand all the. Oh, I wish that was the problem. <laughs> I wish I could just say that. I could say, "Hey, look, man, I know it's good. It's just not for me." I have no problem doing that with the show, saying it's good. It's just not for me. I'm stupid. I haven't even, I haven't even seen one second of any of it. Well, you I should. Just, it's you should just go funny back. that you say it because, like, a week ago, my, one of my friends was like, "Dude, you need to watch the newest season of Fargo." You found, Chris Rock. Is you found it. the one. By the way, Chris Rock, not the problem. He's fine. He's fine. Like that. Other people are trying to make it out to be like it's Chris Rock in a dramatic role. I'm like, no, no, he's fine. The show is the problem. The show is terrible. All right. Um. To uh, to NXT. I um. I know what you're gonna say. Do you? What do you? Okay. What do you think I'm gonna say? I think you're gonna say you don't like the convolution of the title picture. I don't like the convolution of the title <laughs> picture. Now, it's it's a weird thing. I'm not turned. You know what's funny that we talked about this last week, and we we all forgot the fucking Pete Dunn thing, right? Because like we all were like, oh, there's nobody like, but they they did do that, and I'm, we just all. Fucking forgot about it. Well, why did we forget about it though? Because they well, did we, it, and they kind of—that's not why we forgot. We forgot about it because I literally remember the second we stopped doing the show. It's 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 just but because it's also so because much. they they had positioned it as a lesser important thing on the show. They kind of had buried it with other stuff. Not really. I mean, like it was like a major segment. I mean, it was the only segment Finn Balor did on that show, right? On which show? The show in which it first happened. Oh, like, but but he that but did then whatever it, he did. But then they did something else and it went away. I mean, like that's yeah. it went away. Well, I thought they did something else with other people. I mean, they did something else because they had his title match. Right. I, was, I, I mean, they they haven't they hadn't interacted in about four weeks. Yeah, I mean that's the point. The point Two is weeks. two weeks. The You're... week before the title match is when they did the shoulder thing, right? Uh, you'd have to. All right. I mean, if you're telling me that's the case, that's the case. But I don't remember that. And it's, it could have been two weeks because then it, that Kyle O'Reilly had to win something to yes, get. Yes, Kyle O'Reilly shot, won right? the week before. Right. So it was. It was like it was around the time of that stuff. It, but, but that all being said, I I I'm telling you, the second we stopped doing this show and I went off to do something else, I was like, fuck, I forgot to talk about Pete Dunn. 
because that was that was one of the things that now that doesn't make it good. I'm just, I'm just saying like it's funny I, this is the weird that we part. were literally having the conversation about well there's obviously nobody else. I don't know that it makes it bad either. And that's the, I don't like that it's convoluted. I don't know yet that it's bad. And I also think it has time to clean itself up. I think the major question becomes is it cleaning itself up with an undisputed era story or not? It really I keep saying this. It feels like we are in a crosshairs that you have to do something you it feels like they are i mean there's it feels like they are no it feels I, like they have to like and that's yeah. why we're saying that it feels like they have to so we're assuming that they are is that what cleans up the title picture ah. i mean it feels right now like the title picture gets cleared up with getting the undisputed era out of it so in, in your way they, they break right. up and they get away from that's the, the point that's how you clean up the title picture yeah. right like because the undisputed era story takes them out of it and that cleans that up a little bit nicer right like that to me is the way to do it but you have to pull the trigger you know like you can't you can't keep dancing around it and not pulling the trigger in order to do that otherwise you're going to have a convoluted title picture why you're still sort of waiting and not wanting to pull the trigger on whatever the ultimate undisputed era story is going to be. Um, I, I, I'm not, it's why I don't like that. It's convoluted Brandon, but I'm not out on it because I think it can tie up. It just sort of feels like we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're all waiting for the moment with the undisputed era, whatever it's going to end up being. However that plays out, it just sort of feels like we're waiting for that to happen right now and when it does, we'll have far more clarity. In the meantime, we're going to have a few weeks that it's going to feel kind of messy. and and Well, and it's not just that. It's that while we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, they took two other shoes from our closet, right? Like, like so now we have... We have three of of we have three right-handed shoes, right? And we need three left-handed shoes to drop because we got like what is going on with Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly and Undisputed? Like how? What is that about? Right. You know, you know where's carrying cross? Like, yeah. What, what? Where's that? I mean, they did the little thing where they they're calling for Balor and whatever. It it there are so many things attached to this now that have to play out. That I don't know how you can explain, and this goes back to where I'm going to say you were right last week about something that I disagreed with, but I'm going to agree with you now. There is no way for you to logically explain why Karrion Cross isn't just, like, killing people right now. Like, why is he not there? That doesn't make any sense to me now. Like, before I made the argument where they did, they, they, I will say, I was right until I wasn't, which is, that they did have a reason for him to want to fight Damian Priest. But that's over now. Now that that's over, now this doesn't make sense. Because there's no what He has no purpose other than getting the title back. I mean, he's... He... So, like, how would you... Like, let's say logically you say, well, look, because of all this work we did, and this is, and this is where I'm talking not in kayfabe, just in the people planning these things... Well, we did all this work. Now we have to do the three-on-three match, and then we have to do this you know, tag team title match, and we have to do this match and all this other bullshit with all these guys. How do you explain Karrion Cross just hanging around while all that plays out? You don't. There's there's right. no explanation for it. I don't understand where this is, you know, wh- where all this is gonna go. Well, I mean, look, I, it, if it's just if, fine, if, I just don't. I if, can't see it. If you can remove the undisputed era, 
you can solve the other. You can. You can solve the other problems if you but get you them just out of it. attached him to them because now Kyle O'Reilly is going to play injury angle. So now Bobby Fish, who fucking knows where he is, for whatever reason, Correct. he's not on TV. So you've got two guys and Finn Balor. I get and it. And then you've got three guys on the other side. I get it. But those so two, they're married for a little but bit. But those now. two guys are also involved in a tournament for the tag t- You know, like they, they, they have something else they're doing, right? Yeah, like, but who has the tag titles? I get it. I get it. I completely understand, <laughs> but they're still individual purposes, right? Like that they're well, still There are, but you know, they're going to be tied to okay, well Pete Dunn has two guys they're going to cheat for him, so now I need two guys to help me. I mean, it just feels like I don't know. I, I it, it's a little bit much. I I don't inherently disagree with what you're saying. Again, I'm not I'm not turned off by it yet. No, not at all. I am worried. I, just, I am worried that we're going to have when's the when's their next event? Oh, February. It's Valentine's Day. Oh, right. It is Valentine's Takeover Day. Takeover Valentine's it's Day. The thing that they should call St. Valentine's Day Massacre that they probably won't. Um, I am I say I'm worried. You have to start cleaning it up at some point. Like at some point you have to. You're gonna be required by date to start cleaning it up. I'm worried that it's not gonna start getting cleaned up until like a week before the show. Like, that we're going to go through this thing, and they're just going to keep it muddied, and we're not going to have any answers until, like, the Wednesday before Valentine's Day. Because you also have to do, like, 500 tag team matches between... And, and that's that's where the big... I guess, here's the... Do we know when the Dusty Classic is ending? Uh, I don't I think they've... Assume. You would, but I don't... I don't think they've said that. I don't think they've said I, the Dusty well, I'm, Classic. I'm wondering if the play, as far as how we get to the the takeover, is you have... Dunn versus Finn, and you have Cole and Strong against uh, Birch and Lorkin because they have already won the tournament. Um, okay. I mean, there's lots. It doesn't clean it up towards it, but as far as how you separate everything and everything, like that could be how you do it if that's how the schedule plays out. But yeah, the issue is we only have four weeks left because today's the 14th. So you've got four weeks between now and the 14th of, of February. How are you going to do that many tag team matches in four shows? Um, well, okay, so you do the other women's for, too. Well, that's the problem is you have the, the women's. Well, but all, the women's is apparently only four teams. Which, by the way, that's a bad look. That's a bad. That's look. The, that's, Why wait, do the teams four, are bad? I mean, they only listed four they had, teams. They had oh yeah, four they only listed four. Hmm. Like, and it's only really a problem because you had a sixteen-team men's tour. It just the right. two. And there's only one team that has any business winning too. What Caden? I disagree with that. Caden Carter and Casey no, Catanzaro. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. That's not even a team. They're just two people that happen to be in it. Like at least. I mean, they're in a group. Shotzi and Ember have there's just difference as between, likely. Is there a difference between them and Adam Cole and Roderick Strong? That's not a tag no. Team I understand that that's sort of how the Dusty Classic has worked. I I do understand that like that over the years they haven't they have not cared if you're a tag team or not. That's kind of one of the problems in professional wrestling but that's a different conversation for a different a different time there's just a lot to do all right we wanted to shine the spotlight on something that's coming up a little bit later on this month because uh and we talked about this a lot um with like venues brandon you know that quite well and and restaurants our buddy john from jimmy's and there's a lot of people that are hurting and and in the pro wrestling world i'm not sure that we've all thought about how much like workers have been hurt by not being able to get out and do shows all over the country and all over the world. And so um, one uh, one particular group is stepping up to try to do something for workers. It's Fight Forever. Joining us now, the owner of GCW, 
Brett Lauderdale is with us on Jobbing Out. Brett, it's uh, Glenn and Aaron and Brandon. Thank you for taking the time, man. Hope you and your family are doing well. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And um, yeah, man, we're uh, you just nailed it. What you just said um, about all these indie wrestlers. Um, I mean, got to remember that less than one year ago till today, uh, from from today, indie wrestling was in the midst of its biggest boom. Uh, ever no undoubtedly doubt. i mean there was there was new promotions popping up all over the country guys were wrestling three four five times a week every week um people were making real not just making a living but making a good living you know the in in a way that indie wrestlers never had before and um you know almost o- overnight you know it went from everything's on to everything's off and and it's been that way you know for the last eight nine months now so it's been a tough time for all these guys. They went from having it all to having nothing. So you guys have been able to do some shows before this, correct? Yeah, I mean we've been we've been doing our best to run shows uh, since June, you know, following local guidelines and and safety protocols. Um, and you know it's been challenging, but we've we've managed to get some stuff done. Not on the level that that we would have. Um, you know, I don't know if you if you guys were saw the schedule that we had laid out for this year, you know, we were going to hit three countries this year um, and something like seven new States. So we had so much stuff planned and um, you know, I, I unfortunately weren't able to do all that, but we were able to still get a lot accomplished this year, uh, which we're proud of. And, and in my opinion, we did it um, as safe as possible. And like I said, we followed all local guidelines with, with an eye on safety. So we have been able to do some stuff. So how did, like, the concept for Fight Forever, how did this, the idea of doing a 24-hour, I mean, this is insane, a 24-hour <laughs> show come about? Like, did, couldn't somebody just say, hey, dude, you know, we could do this for 12 hours and probably raise a pretty good amount of money, too? Right. <laughs> well, I, I've had a lot of crazy ideas over the years. <laughs> and, you know, I always, this, this wasn't the idea of a 24-hour show is not something that, you know, we just thought up in, in the last month or so. Like, I've wanted to do a 24-hour show for a couple of years now. Um, but, you know, it's it's such a challenging endeavor, and it requires so many people and so much coordination. And I was thinking to myself, um, you know, as I, you know, as this idea, you know, popped through my head again randomly one day, a 24-hour show, you know, it clicked together that, listen, this it would take a lot of people, and it's such an endeavor. What if we made this a fundraiser where we were able to get so many people involved and have it all benefit them directly and get the entire wrestling community involved. Um, and it just, it seemed like a, you know, like, um, it seems like a no brainer, you know, if we get everybody on the same page, we can probably raise a lot of money, get a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers involved who have been out of work and raise a lot of money for them and get them a payday that, um, you know, gets them back going in the right direction. Um, you know, our previous, we did two previous fundraiser type shows earlier this year and they raised a lot of money. The wrestlers all did great. And I figure, you know, that was just a, you know, those were regular GCW, you know, two and a half hour shows with our small roster and, you know, marketed mostly to just our, our devoted fan base. What if we get everybody involved? You know, what can we do? What difference can we make? And that's how um, this Fight Forever 24-hour continuous streaming live wrestling event serving as a fundraiser, that's how it came to be.
you, you said how tricky it would be to get, you know, a, a group large enough to pull this off in, in normal times. How, how tricky is it going to be to get all these people together, um, you know, in the world we live in now? Well, from a wrestler standpoint and a staff and crew standpoint, um, you know, we're not going to have every single person in the building at the same time. Um, you know, that doesn't make sense from a safety standpoint and just, you know, from a logistical standpoint, um, you know, it, it offers, it just doesn't make much sense. So it is tricky in the fact that, you know, in addition to, um, booking all the wrestlers, they're going to be a part of it and organizing their travel. And, um, then, then you get into scheduling it out and figuring out who needs to be here at what time, you know, in and out, uh, and just trying to map all that out in a way that's um, easy for everybody to grasp. And, um, I mean, it's 24 hours worth, so um, it's very challenging. But it's it's a good challenge, and, and I like a good challenge, and so does my team. So we've been we've been dug in on this for, you know, a couple weeks now, three, four, uh, two, three weeks, and we're going to keep going until, until it's over. And, and this thing is 100% live, right? 100% live, streaming live and free on YouTube. Um, yeah, we're not, there's, none of this is taped. It's not like we're going to, you know, we're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. We're not going to hit the play button on, a, you know, some recorded footage. We're, we're going to do this all 24 hours live as it happens. Yeah, this is, so, how do you decide who fights at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> well, <laughs> I bet, I bet some question. of these guys have never thought they, that their bell time would be, hey, your match is at... 4:30 a.m. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, as you'll see, I'm going to start. We're going to start to announce a schedule for this thing in the next few days. I'm hoping um, the hours are going to be the 24 hours are going to be broken up into blocks. Like uh, each block will have a different theme to it. So um, you'll see as it starts to get announced how. Um, you know, how each wrestler will fit in which block. And that's kind of going to determine who's wrestling when um, and who they're wrestling, and et cetera. Like, there is a rhyme or reason to it. It's not just going to be like, all right, who's next? You go out there. Like, there's going to be an actual schedule. Um, and, you know, all 24 hours worth of matches are going to be mapped out ahead of time. This is insane. Uh, GCW, Fight Forever, which we, we are supporting because it's doing something really good. Uh, involve the opportunity for you to make donations to support independent wrestlers. Coming up on Friday, January 29th, Brett Lauderdale is with us on Jobbing Out. Brett, how many people are actually going to have to be working for the full 24 hours? Like, how much of your crew, besides yourself, is going to have to be involved for all of the 24 hours? Well, I think there are some people that are, uh, there's, there's going to be a handful that we need to be there for all 24 hours. Um, and then, you know, there's another handful that we would like to be able to have for 24 hours, but you know, 24 hours is a long time and it's not realistic to, you know, expect the ringside camera guy to stand there holding right. the camera for 24 hours. So, um, there's going to be some, some tasks that are going to be handled in shifts, you know, um, production people and, um, and the such. And, you know, um, there are some people who don't necessarily have to be there for 24 hours that want to be, you know, for instance, um, one of our ring announcers, MLJ, he, he's determined to ring announce for 24 Jesus, hours. He's a psychopath. And, 
Yeah, and, and Kevin Gill, one of our commentators, Love he wants to commentate for 24 hours. Psych- but we so, knew he was a psychopath, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's established. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, um, yeah, some people are looking at it as like a challenge. Like they want to see if they can make it for 24 hours. So it would be interesting to see how many are still standing after 8 hours and 12 hours and 16. Yeah, and yeah this is ex- – yeah, this is one of those things that it's a, sounds like a good idea at the time until you realize <laughs> just how effing long 24 hours really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm confident that, that I can make it. I mean, I, I've I've pulled many a, a 24-hour and 36-hour days over the last few years working on GCW. Sure. And, um, you know, once I get into the show environment and the adrenaline starts running, um, you know, it's, it's easy. It's once the show ends that... Uh, that you know you crash and you're gone for the next day or two but um i'm i'm excited to to do it i'm excited for 24 hours personally you're nuts you're nuts (laughs) do you expect to do you know anything to uh i I don't want to say gimmicky because that that kind of has a bad connotation but just like you know hey let's see if we can raise 500 dollars in the next half hour and if so this will happen just kind of using the live using the 24 like, hours like going to a piano bar place. on a friday night for right. example yeah uh, i mean sure we've thought of different gimmicks like that and i think a lot of stuff might be uh play it by ear and and call it on the fly depending on you know where we're at how close we are to our goal you know um and you know if if we get to uh you know three in the morning and maybe we want to pump it up a little bit maybe we'll uh yeah who knows we'll get as gimmicky as we have to i mean the the point of this is to raise as much money as possible for these wrestlers and by the way they are getting 100 percent of these donations awesome. um there is no handling fee there is no you know gcw takes 10 percent or 20 percent this is all going to the wrestlers so um you know they're down to make as much money out of this as they can and uh if we have to get a little gimmicky at some point i don't think any of them are above uh doing that do you have a number in mind, by the way? Do you have like a this is in, in, in and you can say like perfect world versus like yeah. realistic? Do you have a number in I mind? I do. I okay. do have a number in mind. My my number, counting sponsorships and fan donations, I would love to hit fifty thousand dollars. Okay. That is my that is my reach goal. Um not to say it would be disappointed if it's if it's less, but if we hit that, I, I will feel like like uh we've made an incredible impact and made history and you know i will feel like this was not just a success but a smashing success is there an option for people already to start donating like i know the idea is you want them to tune in for the show like i get that as part of this but like is is there an option for people to start if they want to make sure that you guys hit that goal to start donating already yeah yeah yeah. um i i don't know if this if this interview is going to air today but um we actually just set up the uh, the Indiegogo campaign website, so um, I'm hoping to get that up and get that link distributed or get it circulating um, sometime tonight, and then it'll remain open through the show, and then I think it stays open for either 24 and or 48 hours after the conclusion of the event. So we'll have a good, whatever, 17-day, 16-day head start, whatever it is. It's awesome, man. I mean, I, we love what you're doing, dude. We, I mean, we really love the concept. And look, we love GCW. Uh, like, can you give? Do you? Do, are there names that you can give yet at all that are going to be a part of this thing? Yeah, sure. I'll give you a couple. I okay. mean, you can definitely expect to see all the mainstays and big names of GCW. I mean, you're going to see Effie. You're going to see yep. AJ Gray. You're going to see 
Um, you know, even though I don't, uh, even though I, I'm not excited by it, we're going to probably see Ricky Shane Page, the GCW <laughs> champion. Um, you know, Mansur will be there. Matt Justice, Alley Cat, um, all all of the regular big names: Jordan Oliver, Tony Deppen, uh, Blake Christian. All of our big mainstays, they're all going to be there, and you're going to see. Um, you're also going to see a lot of names from outside of just the GCW universe. Um, you know, the goal, the goal of this wasn't just to help GCW's wrestlers. It's to try to help all of independent wrestling as much as we can. So you're going to see a lot of faces that you've never seen in GCW before. Well, I was going to um, ask, since, since we're based down in Maryland, like, you know, mm-hmm. is anybody wandering up to, to hang out with you guys? Um, I, I'm pretty sure that there's, at least a few guys coming from down there. Okay. And also for the record, we're still putting this together. Like, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still signing guys up every day and putting these matches together. So, um, you know, we have whatever it is, another 15 or 16 days to go. Um, you're going to see names added probably right up into the week of the event. And, um, and like, and, and I hope to start announcing a lot of these names by the end of this week. So, and obviously, we all know that like Joey is intimately involved with this, right? Yeah, like, I mean, let's let's make that very clear. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is this. And is, I don't know if you saw it, but Joey kind of hinted at it yesterday on Twitter that he will be wrestling on this show. Awesome, so, awesome. Um, it'd be cool to have him back again. That's really cool. That is really cool that he'll be able to come back to be a part of it. Um, all right, and the other thing is, there any like crowd at all? Like, is that is that part of this or not for this one? Uh, there are no tickets for sale. Okay. There will be no spectators, um, at least at least no sold spectators. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just not uh, where we're doing it, and under this format, it's just not realistic. And um, you know, and and, and oh, we're, we're doing this. We're not, we're not doing this <laughs> yeah. for ticket money. We're doing this to raise the money right. online and and broadcast it over the internet. So it's not. Um, you know, we're we're playing it safe on that side of it, at least for this event. Is you know? is anybody going um, like like a sheer like multiple matches? Is there a time like, hey, somebody might literally be performing for four of the twenty four hours? <laughs> um, I think there's going to be some people that you'll see more than once for sure. Okay. Um, and you know, I think you, who knows how long there may be some people who who log a lot of ring time. Uh, by the time it's all said and done, I don't want to give any spoilers, but you know, I think there are some people who have an eye on history at this event, and that's, you may have seen that um, yeah. hinted. That's um, what I was trying to get at. That's what I was yeah. trying okay. to get at. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, I think you're going to see something uh, in that neighborhood. All right. Very good. All right, um, Brett. All the plugs. Um, what everybody needs to know about Fight Forever and GCW as we head towards the 28th. Sure. So. Twenty ninth, sorry. Right forever. I yeah. yeah, I know. Listen, I've gotten I've been with it with this event being twenty four hours and crossing two days, I've gotten so confused on, on the dates. dates no myself. freaking doubt, right? Yeah, like I'm trying like sometimes I forget it's the thirtieth, the twenty ninth, what time of the you know what I mean? But uh but yeah, here's here's your basic info. GCW, uh, along with Orange Crush, present Fight Forever. It starts on Friday, January twenty ninth at eight PM and it will go through uh, Saturday, January 30th at 8 p.m., 24 hours, all live, streaming free on YouTube. Um, donations, uh, fa- any fans wanting to make donations, tune in or check in on GCW social media on Twitter at GC Wrestling underscore, uh, on Instagram at, at Game Changer Wrestling. 
Um, the link to donate will should pop up uh, sometime tonight, and it will be open through the event and then a day or two after the event's concluded. Anybody who's interested in sponsoring, it could be whether you want to sponsor as an individual or if you have a brand or a company you want to promote, we have a million different options for sponsorships, whether it's buying uh, a couple um, a, a couple minutes of ad time, which, which will be broadcast during the stream, or if you want to sponsor a match, uh, sponsor transportation for a wrestler, um, or sponsor an entire hour in, in your name or your company's name, uh, email us, GameChangerWrestling at Yahoo.com. I will send you all the info personally. Um, we have... Uh, we have, I want to say we have over 30 sponsors already that have signed on. Oh, wow. so the, wow. the response has been great, and there's been so much support. And, um, you know, we're, off, we're, we're already off to a good start in hitting our goal, but we need everybody. So anybody who wants to get involved, please email me. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we want to get, the, the, we, we hope to have the entire wrestling community in on this. That's and, awesome, uh, you know, when we all work together, you know, in, in, in this wrestling world where, you're so used to seeing people work against each other. You know, we're hoping to bring everybody together for a good cause. And like I said, GCW is getting zero dollars out of this. This is for the wrestlers, 100% of all proceeds, all donations, all sponsorships. They are going to the wrestlers. So you don't even have to like GCW to support this event. You can support the wrestlers. And um, I hope everybody, uh, I hope everybody, um, yeah, I mean, I hope we can all work together on this to get the goal. Good on you, dude. Uh, Brett, seriously, this is an awesome thing. Tremendous idea. Please don't collapse during the middle of it. Please, yeah. please be safe. Um, but but tremendous. Uh, I know it's at Lauderdale 11 on Twitter is where people can follow you as yep. well. Brett, good luck, dude. Uh, we can't wait to see it. It's an awesome thing that you're doing for the wrestling community, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us this yeah. week. And thank you, guys. Thanks for your support, and thanks for having me on. All right, cool. Thank you to Brett. Uh, appreciate that and appreciate what they're doing, obviously. Look, there are so many people that have been hurt. Brandon, we keep talking constantly about what it's done for venues. and you know, yeah. and it, I mean, like, you just forget somebody else who was also affected by it. You're like, oh, right, them too. Yeah, them. Um, and, and indie wrestlers, people who are out every weekend, typically during the course of the year, doing a show somewhere, it's not been an option for the most part. I mean, they've been able to pick up occasional shows, you know, distant things like that. Um, so appreciate GCW and this concept to try to pull it off. It's nuts. Uh, Aaron, I, we screwed up last week and we, we left no time for talking about Wrestle Kingdom. And I, I realized that, and I felt really bad about it. Three things that mattered from Wrestle Kingdom, please. Uh, first off, the two Kota Ibushi matches. So if you weren't familiar, Kota Ibushi, they, it was kind of a weird storyline, but basically he was fighting for the title with uh, Naito on the first night of Wrestle Kingdom. And then the winner of that would face Jay White on the second night. Uh, Kota Ibushi won both matches, and which is amazing when you consider what the relationship between New Japan and Kota Ibushi was just a couple of years ago to see them put behind uh, put put their you know uh, the support behind him like that and wonderful moment wonderful matches of course because it's Kota Ibushi. Um, little interesting thing with Jay White going on right now where at least in storyline he's questioning if there's 
anything left to do in New Japan. There are rumors out there that WWE is trying I've heard hard some of that. to sign him. Yeah, I've heard some of that. That is interesting. Um, and and they did, whether it's storyline or otherwise, take him off the roster page today in uh, New now, Japan. I had heard from some other people that like that might be a work too. Oh, it, it's definitely like they did that with Kenny Omega. Okay, uh, back when there was questions whether he would sign, like it wouldn't be unprecedented. But again, with all of these things going on together, it, it has to be noted that. There's something going on with Jay White, whether this is a the beginning of a long-term storyline or whether, which, you know, again, Jay White is becoming one of the best heels in the world right now. So yep. anything more with him uh, isn't a problem at all. Um, I definitely go back there. I mean, it was Wrestle Kingdom, so there are a number of good sure. and good and great matches. I would uh, highlight the Shingo Takagi Jeff Cobb match, which was awesome and hard-hitting and everything an athletic hoss match should be. Uh, both Hiromu Tanahashi uh, ma- matches were fantastic. Um, and then the Jay White Okada, ma- or not Jay White, excuse me, the Will Ospreay Okada match uh, was excellent as well. Um, by the way, I will never forgive um, the world for Juice Robinson getting hurt and denying us Juice Robinson Kenta. I am I am yeah. really, really despondent about that. That is quite the problem because, as everybody knows, I have been a Juice Robinson fan since the year 1627, and so um, I'm really, really quite bitter about that playing out. All right, appreciate that. Uh, plugs. Uh, Aaron, we'll start with you. Uh, check out VEASAN. We are on iHeartRadio right now, so you can access us for free on iHeartRadio. If you have Xfinity, we're on the Xfinity app. If you have MSG Plus or a number of other regional networks, you can find us there as well, and of course, at DAOster. Brandon, I'm sure you've got so many things that you've been waiting to plug of late. I'm going to plug air fryers because if you don't have an air (laughs) fryer, you don't realize how much your life can change when you get an air fryer because I got one for Christmas and it has changed my life. Uh, I'm just saying. uh, That that was one of our first purchases when we got to Las when my wife got to Las Vegas. We went to Safeway, found an air fryer toaster oven combo, and it's wonderful. My my wife literally wants to do all of her cooking in a slow cooker, and it drives me the I mean, like just the f crazy because I'm like, just get a damn air fryer and. And last year I got a uh, Instapot. So between the two things. I can make everything that we want to eat oh. in like 10 minutes. Uh, it sounds That sounds pretty great. Uh, by the way, did you guys see um, a, a thing that uh, that Steve Miggs posted this morning? No. I saw I saw him advertise something last week that we might be very jealous of. Oh, no, no, no. Th- this is a different... Th- he, this is maybe as bad as... By the way, Brandon, we still need to do the Altoona thing at some point. Oh, God. Um, Steve shared out a picture of something... <laughs> From Pizza Bono in Plattsburgh, New York. What, what the hell is that? Called the Cold Cheese Pizza. <gasps> Dude, that makes me gag it's, thinking about it. This is the crazy part to me. I'm all in on putting more cheese on top of pizza. In general, I'm listening. Why is the cheese cold? <laughs> I have so many questions. Ew. Uh, I saw that on Mig's Twitter this morning. I like oh. I, it ruined my day. I'm like, why would you put cold cheese on time? Um, I don't want to have more of a conversation. And, and why? Why does he say it's the best? I, that's the night? part that drives me nuts. I'm like, wait, I I thought I respected you, which was mistake number one on my list. But <laughs> God, man. You, you know the other thing. The other thing we screwed up last week was that we talked about Raw Legends Night. 
but we didn't even talk about the most important part what? of Raw Legends Night, which is Alicia Fox. Correct. We didn't really. I, yeah. How the fuck. Did well, you I t- I t- I assure you, I was tweeting about it during the course of that. I I did. <laughs> we just had a lot of things going on. All I don't right. know if you know this. Yeah. But she called you. The man beast. That did happen. That is a thing. I, I, I do appreciate more and more WWE acknowledging that she is the, the greatest legend of all time. That is a fact. One, the only performer that has ever mattered in the history of professional wrestling until Tony Storm and Juice Robinson came along. But other than that. And our truth. And our truth. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Well, I Godfather mean, of our show. It's true. That's, by the way, that is Mount Rushmore. Our truth, <laughs> Tony Storm, Alicia Fox, and Juice Robinson. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, Run It Back is AJ's new single. Uh, you can find it uh, in his bio and all of his social medias at AJ Francis 410. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. I have a story at pressboxonline.com about Mike Jones, the rapper, my new best friend. We're best Ooh. friends now. Yes. Don't act like you don't know the name. Um, Mike Jones and I are best friends now. We've talked regularly. We're buddies. That's the way it goes. I'm very excited about that. The rest of you are dead to me. I'm so sorry. It's me and Mike Jones now moving forward. Uh, so check that out. GlennClarkRadio.com at GlennClarkRadio on Twitter. Thanks again to Rich Swan. Love him. Oh, God damn it. Rich deserve a spot somewhere I'm out. Oh, fuck. Whatever. Uh, thanks to Rich Swan. Thanks to Brett Lauderdale for uh, Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Mm, Jobbing Out. Fuck Jones! Oh, that's good too, but I was going to say fuck cold cheese on pizza, you asshole Steve Miggs. Disgusting.